Hello, Nicola Murphy. We are in much better state than the last time we spoke. Uh, yeah, I, like, I'm trying to remember the last time we spoke. <laughs> no, as in when we tried to do this podcast last night and nothing oh, would work right. for me. Oh, right. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. This yeah. is the first time we've done it, like, first thing in the morning. So, God, I mean, it sound like, there's definitely a, a kind of like a fluffier sound to yeah, our voices yeah. and stuff. But, um, and I've got hay fever to boot at the moment. Oh, which... God, the hay fever. I've been like, like, you know, I hate taking stuff, but like I'm taking antihistamines every few days because I'm just mm. like full of snot. It's glorious oh. at the moment. <laughs> I heard somebody saying it's the tree pollen particularly, but I suppose they're oh. cutting all the silage and stuff, aren't they, as well at the moment. So, um, well, where I am mm. anyway. But um, yeah, it's just for a few hours in the morning, one of my eyes tends to weep until I take an antihistamine. <laughs> But then when I take the antihistamines, I feel a bit groggy. So it's like if you can kind of bear the weepy eye for about half an hour, then, you know, it's probably not worth it. But um, we're such old women. I know. And my <laughs> antihistamine and my hay fever is like this and your hay fever is like that. <laughs> oh, and I take this and what do you take for that? <laughs> but it's oh, just terrible. kind of scary drink COVID times because you're like, um, do I have COVID? Uh, is it yeah. a flu? Or is it just hay fever? It's like, yeah. trying to, you know, and you're like, what other symptoms do I have? It's, you know, hay fever has never been taken more serious. Yeah. It's like, mm, no, still tasting things. Well, yeah, that seems okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Jesus. But, Who knows? Uh, That's, that mightn't even be an indicator in a way, anymore, the way things are going. But yeah. Um, so yeah, so all good. Anyway, we've been busy since we were last time. We had a mad weekend here because, oh my God, the Euros are on in Scotland. Oh. Was in it up until yeah. last night, so um, yeah. But the Scotland England match on Friday night was something else. So um, yeah. that was that was all good. And then we had Father's Day on Sunday, so we did a little road trip back to Dingle, which was absolutely bopping. It was Aww. just fab back there. We had um, it was a lovely day, and we went to the aquarium. Um, and they so still have the otters and all they that. They do. They're aquarium. so big now. Aww. The otters, yeah, yeah. And so they're after cute. building a little outdoor bit for the penguins as well, but oh, they're not lovely. outdoor. They're not out there yet. But um, yeah, the girls, like they're at an age still where they're not really, they kind of fly around it. So we had to go around it twice <laughs> to get our <laughs> to get our money's worth, you know. But um, oh, God. no, it Do was lovely. Do you remember then, um, when we used to go to Phoenix? I don't know if it's still there. Is it the aquarium in Phoenix? Oh, God. When we used to go to yeah. that one and your mm-hmm. deathly fear of fish. And what it used yeah. to do is when you walked in the door, they had like a fake wave thing. And there yeah. was fish in that tank, like, and water oh. used to come out of the oh, tank and splash you. And I remember when we went in and you had a conniption because you thought it was a fish. <laughs> I'd say I was only about six and I remember you freaking out. <laughs> I'm much better now, probably just because I have to be like put on a brave face in front of the kids. Like yeah. some, it's, it's weird. There's certain fish freak me out more than others. Like it's the, yeah. you know, like the grey kind of absolutely mindless looking ones they're the ones I like colourful fish and things like that but I still <laughs> I still wouldn't want to be beside one or let like it like a marlin or, or something like that yeah Isn't or do you know what there's like there was one tank the last day that was like f- like there was maybe a hundred of them really packed in close together these quite big fish it's just the way they move around like you know and th- that freaks me out Ugh. Whereas you show me a big fat tuna or like catfish or whatever. And I'm like, oh, look at them. <laughs> you know, Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's gross. But the they're eels gross. and stuff, they're really creepy. I remember There's no like eels we there were... at the moment. Yeah. Oh, no, I think they've less stuff than they, than they had before. But um, 
the sharks actually scared us still, funnily enough, oh, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I she ran through. Finding Nemo and stuff, does she know yeah. what they are, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's a nice big turtle in that tank as well. And he was just kind of swimming against the wall, which is kind of depressing, you know. And oh, I don't mm. know. Like, sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, these places are great. And, blah, blah. and then you're like, for the bigger species, you're like, this is terrible. But anyway, look, it's educational, I suppose. And I most of the... Um, fish that end up in there but because some of they them, can't yeah, they can't world. live yeah. out in mm-hmm. the wild. So, and like to be fair, to Dingle, I'm pretty sure that they like rehab rehabilitate loads do. of things yeah, that they, they find do. and all that. So, mm-hmm. I remember there was a big thing two years ago about this particular type of turtle, and they right air flew him back to the yeah. Canaries. Yeah, he was lost, <laughs> wasn't he? Yeah, oh yeah. cute. Um, God, life before COVID, like, but um, yeah. no, it was cool. And then we went up town, and we just had like fish and chips sitting outside somewhere, oh, and really? there's a new playground there so we spent a half an hour there which was oh, great bad. and it was just buzzing like and there was every kind of walk of life there and they've got loads of outdoor seating and yeah so dingle thriving despite funky's disappearance <laughs> yeah, yeah. um and also there's a, a a new pet farm on the way out which Aww. obviously we didn't stop at so anyway there's a big tip for all uh, anyone who's in carry with kids dingle is looking like a smashing day out if you want it Aww. so that was our weekend how what, what do you get up to um, geez, I'm trying to think now. <laughs> you know, it feels like it was about a week ago for somebody, two mm. weeks ago. What did we do? Uh, not much, I don't think. The weather wasn't great, actually, in Cork. It was a bit dull, so... Um, what did I do? I didn't do anything, actually. Very relaxed. We went out. Sure, I got my jab on Friday. Woo So Roland. we went out Friday. All right, just for... We went to watch the Scotland-England match. We couldn't find... There's nowhere with screens, really, at the moment, mm. which is terrible. Ireland is so not set up for outdoors. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so we had a couple of drinks, and that was it. And then Saturday, took it easy. And Sunday, we went to see all of Jared's family, which was very nice. His sister is home from the UK for the first time oh. with their baba. So that was lovely to see oh. them. And yeah, so felt like normality it was really nice and um that's been it very relaxed actually True. which nice. is probably needed after i had a few mad weekends so it was nice yeah to you did chilled out one so kicking the arse out of it there for a while <laughs> yes and then uh home again this weekend now to clarity so i'm looking forward to that yeah. Yeah, that's it. oh good cool oh. okay let's get started so uh number one one so first up today on Fox Force 5 is get a vaccine, give a vaccine. So UNICEF ah. Ireland has launched a new campaign this week asking the public to join the get a vaccine, give a vaccine, a movement in solidarity with those in developing nations aiming to help end COVID-19 worldwide. So obviously they're coming to a stage now where there's a lot of 30 something year olds, including myself, and um, able to register for their vaccine and Thank we're getting God. a big Woo! delivery of 300,000 doses of something, Pfizer I think next oh. week so there's going to be a lot of people getting vaccinated over the next few weeks, thank God exactly so um, this is a really good idea I think, UNICEF is a children's charity that works in third world countries and war zones to help the world's most disadvantaged children, they work across 190 countries and territories and this week Liam Neeson helped launch the initiative which is raising funds for the delivery of 2 billion COVID-19 doses to healthcare workers and vulnerable people uh, around the world. Like the funny thing is you're like healthcare workers anywhere should have had their COVID vaccine by now you would think. Yeah it's crazy isn't it? Yeah so because as they say no one is safe until we are all safe. So when Mm. you get your COVID-19 vaccine you can now give a vaccine to someone and if you've had it already obviously this still applies in need by supporting UNICEF in the biggest vaccine procurement and distribution uh, plan in history. 
They're asking people to donate just four euro when they get their vaccine. UNICEF uh-huh. is now leading the largest ever vaccine procurement and supply operation on behalf of the COVAX facility. To date, more than 80 million vaccine doses have been delivered to 129 countries and territories since March. However, supply and funding <coughs> excuse me, are now significant issues. COVID-19 spikes are happening around the world and the emergence of variants brings even more threats. For people in Ireland, the end is in sight with millions of vaccine doses now administered. UNICEF's Get a Vaccine, Give a Vaccine campaign offers people an opportunity to come together in an act of solidarity during this historic moment. The message is clear. Support vaccine equality and protect your community. The campaign has already won uh, many high-profile figures, uh, support from high-profile figures in public affairs, healthcare and the media. And they're asking influencers from entertainment, sports and lifestyle to get on board. I suppose that's us, Nicholas. Are we influencers for lifestyle? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe to the few people who listen, but um, it's a great idea. Yeah. I see the Americans gave an awful lot there as well a couple of weeks ago, yeah. like 45 million or something. Serious. They even have it. But thank God things are evening off a bit because, mm-hmm. I mean, there at the start, we were like, are we even going to get an offer, mm. you know? So, yeah, as I was saying, they're uh, asking influencers, etc., to take action of giving a vaccine and then letting their communities know about it. So at the G7 summit last week, global leaders pledged to share one billion vaccines with developing nations. As a COVAX member, the government of Ireland supports efforts to ensure developing countries have access to COVID-19 vaccines for both epidemiological and ethical reasons. So you can donate four euro by texting vaccine to five zero three double zero if you google it you'll find it anyway um and then they're encouraging people to put up poster or posters posts of themselves on social media with hashtag vaccines work and hashtag get a vaccine give a vaccine and you can tag mm. at unicef ireland and i'll put all that stuff in the show notes so yeah very interesting yeah, for euro good. like you know what i mean yeah it's exactly nothing. And I mean, less than a cup of coffee, probably, or a pint, most places, you know, so. Yeah, and we're getting it for free here. You know, I know, I think everyone's getting it for free, but still, like, like, even when I got my my first job on Friday, I kind of felt like so grateful that you would give money, you know, just to be like, you know, Mm -hmm. for the relief of it. So it'd be good to give it to the the right person, the right company, the right. God and be brain dead this cause <laughs> cause so yeah so it's a really good especially idea especially with so children as well yeah children's yeah. charity you know I'm going to do it later today for sure good like I'm going to do it spread the love spread the love when you get and I'm sure you can donate more than four euros if that's how you're inclined I'm sure yeah. you can donate on, on behalf of members of your family and all that as, as well so yeah so I think it's yeah. great great idea so share the love people as as they say until we're all safe no one's safe kind of thing yeah, so exactly yeah Cool. Okay, moving along. Number two. Two. So today I am going to talk about the uh, Sophie Tuscante Plantier uh, documentary series. Now, I don't know why there's, there's two, two of, them. of these, which yeah. is so strange. And I don't know, like, why is there two of them? Because I did look it up and see, could I find, like, what what's with the timing? You know, because it's not a big anniversary or anything like that. It's really strange. I think strange, they were just the piggybacking. I think they were piggybacking the success of West Cork, the podcast. Yeah, but still. But that came out years ago. But you see, the the Audible picked it up recently enough and was promoting it. So it had a big surge in the last 12 months, that podcast. And I think it's just prompted. Well, actually, Ian Bailey was only found guilty. Was that last year in the French court? No, so that would have been a couple of years ago. Was it? 
Mm. Yeah, well, the French court stuff is ongoing, so maybe that's it. But like, it's just very weird that out of the entire year, one week apart, they have the two documentaries. But they're obviously competing, like, you know, so. Yeah, anyway, it's weird. But um, so the Netflix one actually isn't out until next week. Um, But I've watched Jim Sheridan's one, so Murder Mm. at the Cottage. So you've probably seen that it's plastered everywhere. I was in the city yesterday and I saw about... 14 posters for it so you can't really avoid it um i haven't finished it it's five episodes and it is a bit hard going because like you know it obviously it's all about a murder and it's quite is it documentary or is it sort of um dramatized no it's it's a documentary right so i was wondering kind of what that would be it's and actually jim sheridan's in it himself it's like he's doing the documentary like he goes and he talks to people and all Mm -hmm. that you know and you meet a lot of the locals that are in that are on the West Corp podcast. So you recognize the voices and stuff like that of some of them, you know, like the local fellow who the landlord of the pub and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's massively in the first episode. And it's, so it's kind of nice to see the faces to the names kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I like that sometimes in a podcast, you're, you're always kind of putting the person's face together in your head as you listen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so just I just watched the first few, to be honest, because it is quite hard going. I mean, we all know the story as well, but it is quite grisly. They show like, a lot of photos of the crime scene and stuff in okay. the first episode stuff I'd never seen before that's really graphic you know you don't really see her body they blur that out but you see like everything else around which is okay. a lot you know okay. so we watched the first two episodes and it's kind of like I'd say take it in you know short doses like that maybe one or two mm. episodes a night or whatever um but he got in, he had a lot of trouble with this because he actually had loads of footage from the family mm. and then he put the documentary together and showed it to them and they didn't like it and they didn't like how he portrayed Ian Bailey in it as well because Ian mm. Bailey's interviewed in this like, and mm. I've actually never really seen him interviewed that much in person I've only ever mm. heard his voice mm. um so whatever continues to happen obviously in it the family were not happy with it so he actually had a much bigger documentary and he said to cut a lot of it and just mm-hmm. use archived footage of, of what the family have said previously. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know, like, what's their feeling on the Netflix one? I, because they're highly involved in the Netflix one as well, you see. Okay. So it, it's all... I heard um, Jim Sheridan being interviewed twice, actually, at the weekend on Bridget mm-hmm. O'Connor and on Dave Fanning. Yeah. And I got the kind of impression that Jim didn't think Ian was guilty, like, you know. Yeah, you know, it's funny because like in the first couple of episodes and it's the same with West Court, the podcast, you do think it's Ian, like the way that they Mm -hmm. phrase the whole thing. And he's just so out there, you know, and the fact that this whole like Marie Farrell story as well. It's like if you said, do you think he's capable, you know, that's the thing. Whereas it's the burden of proof is about what what is the, you know, what is the evidence? And there's very little evidence. That's the problem. Yeah. And the thing is as well, is that... um, like it's a it's a funny one because I heard you know of what they used to kill her you know the stones and the bricks and all that mm-hmm. but when you actually see the photos of it it's massive cement brick like block mm-hmm. you'd want to have been extremely strong to have done it and stuff you know and then they talk about somebody coming from France and doing it but like why would they do it that way surely if somebody yeah. wanted to hurt her they would have had like a gun or a weapon or something like that yeah. so it's it's a very interesting one to talk about because yeah. you do go through all of that and you kind of yeah. want to play detective yourself. And like yeah. Jim Sheridan was literally obsessed with it. That's why he wanted mm-hmm. to make this. He wanted to go and see it. And the scenery is unbelievable down mm-hmm. there in West Cork. Like it's quite haunting. And, you know, they talk about a story about her going up to 
Tree Castle Head, which I've never seen a video of, and it's incredible. And they talk yeah. about like her seeing the white lady up there and all this superstition around that. And mm-hmm. it's it is very good. It's worth watching. I, I see it's just kind of weird timing with the Netflix one. Like I don't mm. know, will I watch that? It's a lot, you know. And this yeah. poor girl, we're still talking about somebody who lost it, their I life. Think you know exactly. I think the thing is, it's it's that whole. It's a murder mystery, isn't it? It's yeah. the mystery element, and like, is anybody going to uncover new information or whatever? You know, so still interesting. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely have a look at that. But I, I know you're right. You're like, and a whole mm. other one as well. But I suppose if the family are involved in the other one, that brings a whole new angle to it as well. Yeah, and it? maybe yeah. you'd wonder then, like, who who's doing the other one? Like, maybe if it's a neutral party rather than like an Irish mm. person who grew up with the story and who was like very yeah. submerged in the story, what's their take going to be on I it? Thought, I haven't looked at it much. I I thought the podcast West Cork was very good in terms of balance, you know, yeah. really, really good. And they're, they're Aussies, the two, those two. No, they're together, English, they? I think. They're oh, English. Were they? Oh, I don't know yeah, why I was thinking yeah. they're Aussies. Um, but yeah, look, leave it up to the listeners to go and watch for themselves, but definitely worth worth checking out. I would I be intrigued, you know, by the Netflix one. I think I'll watch one or two episodes. And as well, the guy who's done that has won loads of like awards for documentary filmmaking. Yeah. So it might be a different take on it. So mm-hmm. I want to check it out. I mean, look, it, it's I love true crime and it's still a fascinating story. And, you know, yeah. the more they expose it, the more maybe they'll get closer to catching somebody for it. Who knows? But yeah. and the whole legal side of things with France and all that. And Ian Bailey is very interesting. You know, it's never been done to this country yeah. like one of someone... the things is definitely that guy that supposedly came over from France and went yeah. to a travel agent in Galway and all that stuff yeah. that, that avenue has never been fully explored they think but Jim Sheridan was talking as well about how their system in France is so much different to ours here that there's mm-hmm. been some sort of lost in translation stuff where you know basically I think what he was trying to say was you don't take them you wouldn't arrest anybody or bring them in unless you had a case against them kind of thing whereas yeah. the Irish had guards had brought in in you know and and almost mm. like in France that's pure sign of guilt if you're arrested yeah. kind of thing you know what I mean so yeah. there was that kind of confusion as well I think but yeah no we'll definitely check it out Um, you were talking about kind of hard going there we've been watching Time that thing Jimmy McGovern's drama that was on BBC there's oh, one yeah. I think one left that we haven't watched with um oh god what Sean Bean and Stephen Graham excellent it's so good but it's so heavy going my god it's set in a prison this this english teacher who is an alcoholic and mm. um kills kills a guy in a hit and run and ends up in prison basically but like he's mm. completely not equipped for prison really rough prison in that and then stephen graham is a prison guard whose son is in another prison and then mm. the inmates in his prison get wind of it and they can kind of control him or try to control him by threatening his son in the other prison, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's all everything that goes on with them. And it's just their fight for survival, basically. It's oh God, absolutely it it harrowing. It is. It is. But it's, re- you know, it's you're glued to it, you know, glued yeah. to it. Like so good. Um, so if anybody has a way of catching up on that or watch out for it coming back on, it's called Time. And we watched the King's Speech at the weekend that you mm, had watched the week before. Yeah. Whatever. I'd never seen it. It's nice. Oh yeah, it's nice. I forgot that you'd never seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was good. Okay, cool. I think that's TV for this week. Uh, moving on to number three. Three. Okay, Fox of the Week. From uh, a historic legend to a living legend, our Fox of the Week is a woman called Maureen Sweeney who's originally from Kerry but lives in Belmullet, County Mayo. At the tender age of 98, she this week received a special honour from none other than the House of Representatives in the USA. 
Oh. Why I hear you ask? Well, yeah. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> so back in 1944, Maureen worked at the remote Black Sod Lighthouse and Coast Guard Station in County Mayo. She and her husband would take readings of the weather on an hourly basis and transmit them to London, who were deep into World War II at the time. Oh. These weather reports were very important strategically for Britain as they planned their attacks on sea, air and land. On the 3rd of June, 1944... Maureen, who was only 21 at the time, was the first person to forecast a severe storm coming in from the Atlantic. This information had a significant impact on military operations and meant the D-Day was postponed to the 6th of June. As you will know, the D-Day landings were one of the biggest military operations the world has ever seen and ultimately it secured victory for the Allies in World War II. Maureen's readings unwittingly gave the Allies a two-day advance warning of stormy conditions in Western Europe, forcing General Dwight D. Eisenhower to delay his meticulously planned invasion of Normandy. Uh, and they would have had fairly rudimentary instruments and equipment to record weather, weather data then, so um, they wouldn't have known like the significance of the weather report and the part yeah. it was t- to play in the war. Mm. But um, Maureen was honoured this week at Tiara nursing home in Belmullet where she lives and a letter was read out from the World War II Museum in New Orleans Louisiana as well as a personal note from US congressman and retired three star Admiral Jack Bergman who is the highest ranking veteran to ever serve in Congress Wow Um, Yeah so the special recognition which was which has been awarded since uh, 1789 entitles Maureen to receive a proclamation noting her accomplishments and will be placed in the U.S. Library of Congress for perpetuity. Um, a special medal in recognition of Maureen's laudable actions was placed on her lapel. And there was music and poetry performed Aww. by um, Mayo's D-Day, uh, performed for Mayo's D-Day heroine. And in a piece on the RT website this week, they quoted her from an interview with her grandson, Fergus Sweeney, in 2014. She said Eisenhower was making up his mind about whether to enter France or not. He was divided, but when he saw the report from Blackside Point, it confirmed he made the right decision. Oh, she wow. added with pride, they relied on our weather forecast. It's something you'll remember for a lifetime. So Bula Boss for Maureen, our oh, Fox wow. of That's the Week. so cool, isn't it? Yeah, wow, isn't I it? love stories like that where it's like unsung heroes of like those totally. big days. Amazing. 98 years old, God help her. Like, you know, she probably oh. was like, what is going on? <laughs> But um, yeah, fair oh. play. Really cute, isn't it? Really cute story. So Amazing. Well, well done, Maureen. So there you go. Moving along. Number four. Four. Fabulous. So number four this week, Um, I don't think you're going to like this segment, Kelly, but <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Well, if you can see me, I've got like tears running down my face because this hay fever is driving <laughs> me insane. Sorry, go on. So you can't make it. You can't so make, make me... you. Making you cry. <laughs> Look any worse. <laughs> yeah, go on. So for this week's segment, I'm actually going to talk about um all things social media related to <laughs> Love Island 2021. Oh, okay. No, I don't <laughs> mind actually because I can kind of have an excuse for having a vague um appreciation of it because of the podcast now I can talk to you about it. For, but I really, I, I actually cannot start watching it. I cannot. It oh just my takes god! Over I your cannot life. wait. I can't wait. So it's kicking off on Monday. So I'm going to talk you through uh, one or two. Well, my favorite person to follow who kind of analyzes all the episodes yeah, and all that. So okay. I'll go through that in a second. Yeah. But also, I suppose, just a bit of a uh, leading up to it, kind of what we've learned this week. So the big thing 
is uh, before they started announcing all the contestants, because obviously we've seen a glimpse now of them all and heard from them. Um, ITV is very much focusing on the whole be kind aspect of things, you know, to just mm. be careful of what you say. If you're going to talk about these people on social media, be careful of what you say. And Laura Whitmore also had something else similar where she had a post up, you know, thinking about Caroline Flack and just to be kind before you do start, you know, have they had a different presenter or Laura Whitmore was there Laura one Whitmore year? Took, yeah, last winter, one you year. see, do you remember in 2020, it was winter, oh, Love Island. Um, it was the first time doing that and there was none then last summer because of COVID. So it is back in the, isn't it? Is it the Canaries of the Balearics? It's Mallorca, isn't it? Mallorca, I think they're back to. So I suppose there's a big push on just the whole be kind movement and just to be careful of what you post before you post because, you know, we make these people into villains and heroes and, you know, we don't know much about them besides what's being shown in a one hour segment on a, you know, on a Monday night or whatever. So, uh, I'm going to just quickly go through some of the housemates that I've seen some of the things they've said, which made me laugh. Oh God, and I'm really okay. excited for this. <laughs> I actually heard the Dr. Alex guy on, you know, Boris made oh, him yeah. like a mental yeah. health champion or whatever. I heard him on the yeah. radio a few weeks ago. And I swear, I was listening for 10 minutes and I thought he was about 55. And then I realized who it was and I was like, oh. <laughs> he was always yeah. such a weird person that they put in there. Now, fair play to him. He has done a lot. I think his own brother took his own life he did, last yeah. year or two years yeah. ago. It was very sad. So look fair play to him. He's mm-hmm. really been an advocate for all that. But um, I'm just going to talk through some of those. Maybe okay, go for it. I'm going to start with this because it's a gem. So this is a girl called Kaz Kamwi. And she's an influencer, of course, like they all are. And <laughs> one of the things that she said is that she wants a man to rail her. <laughs> rail her. <laughs> okay. I didn't want to Google it, but I'm presuming it's something. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. So that was her like soundbite snippet for her being introduced oh to all God. of us. So anyway, right, okay. um, she looks like she's <laughs> going to be a barrel of last, So I'm really looking forward to seeing her. Um, there's the usual very hunky, uh, very tattooed guys. I mean, like they look like previous contestants that have been copied and pasted and just slightly yeah, edited, to be honest totally. with you. This guy, Jake Cornish, he is the image of that really handsome guy that was in it a few years ago with all the tattoos that was like the yes. gaslighting prince of Love Island yes. that year. I can't remember him, but I know you read about him. Yeah, yeah, so he's really like that. And then there's like a girl again. She looks really like those twins that were in there in the winter one last year. Um, Liberty Poole. Her name is, again, sounds like, I don't know if it's stripper or like a That's drag hilarious. queen. But brilliant name. I'd love if they had a drag queen in there. That'd be hilarious. I know, but they did say that they were going to, it was going to be more kind more of. More diverse. Yeah, but I can't And then see you see the so pictures far. and it looks exactly like every other year. Yeah. yeah and like, I really can't see it so far. I'll be honest with you. Then mm. there's, uh, this one or two, actually, Aaron Francis guy. He came across quite well. Are there any um, paddies in there? Not not yet. They usually come in kind of later on during the season, mm. and there was none in the winter one either. So mm. last year, so uh, after we'll Mara, see. they'd be trying yeah. hard to get someone unique after that. Yeah, well, Mara's still my absolute favorite housemate mm. ever. I absolutely loved her. I still love her. She's some some woman. Um, she's actually presenting the Irish version of Glow Up, which we covered on here a few weeks ago. Oh. That she's going to do the Irish version of it. Yeah, so I actually think it's going to be really good. She's she's a hoot to, to watch. So yeah, so that's just some of them. There's a few. Yeah, Shannon Singh again. She's absolutely gorgeous, fabulous model. There's all these ones, and anyway. you can you can go and look them up and see all their sound bites and stuff. Uh, some interesting stuff already where guys are saying like, oh, you know, I've been single now for three years. Yes, they'll be talking about their ex then in another interview, and you're like. 
like, oh, when were they with this ex? You know, and like all the lies already yeah, coming yeah, yeah. out. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, they're yeah. some of the housemates. And uh, so my go-to person to follow on Instagram for this is at Fanula J. So Fanula J, I started following her in about uh, 2018. I started watching Love Island. I never watched the first few seasons of it. So um, she's, like I said, from Cork, living in Dublin. And she's just so funny, like really good banter you know very very witty so she her big thing and fair play to her she's used to her advantage was discussing love island and all the goings on in love island and god she dedicates a lot of her time to it because every day there's obviously an episode of love island except for a saturday and every night she does like a synopsis of the episode and what's going on and all that so and she's so funny that she's brilliant to watch mm-hmm. you know you get like a really good understanding of the show and all that maybe I should just follow so her and watch at... her instead of the program <laughs> yeah uh, honestly she's very funny she's very funny anyway like mm-hmm. she's actually a brilliant person to follow because she's all into kind of um you know she doesn't she hasn't done fast fashion now in a number of years so she's all into vintage and all that and she like gets her clothes kind of re- like changed up and all that she's a very interesting mm-hmm. person to yeah. follow anyway so I would definitely check her out but uh, there's also, and it's just Ash Fanula J. And there's also a podcast that she's involved in with Orla Condon, who's a journalist. You might have come across her. She works for lots of different things. But they do a podcast as well called My Pod on Paper, where they discuss all things Love Island. So if you want to add to your uh, podcast listening, of course, listen to us. But, you know, mm-hmm. if you're really into Love Island, and especially after the big episodes where there's loads of drama, you might want to see their breakdown of what's happened. You can check out uh, My Pod on Paper as well on all podcast fronts. And they have an Instagram. So it's Fanula G and My Pod on Paper. Super, and... pumped. super pumped about yeah. uh, the return of Love Island. Some people. Yeah, can't wait. Just for reliable, steady TV. Like, even if yeah. they're bad housemates, you kind of still watch it. So joke, just so. to have a few months now of reliable telly, I'm all in for it. So, yay, Love Island on Monday. Woo-woo. I got a text. Got a text. <laughs> Number five. Five. So in music news this week, the first ever David Bowie World Fan Convention is due to take place across Woo. multiple multiple venues in Liverpool next summer I mean really Nicola look at the um, (laughs) breadth of content we have here Love Island to David Bowie conventions (laughs) I'm not too sure who our listeners are but never mind Um, scheduled for June 17th to 19th 2022 when hopefully I'll be ramping up to go to Glastonbury probably not but hopefully the inaugural event will see a host of Bowie collaborators and affiliates presenting panels live performances and a Bowie ball to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the artist's classic album The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars former band members and musical collaborators are confirmed for events at the convention which is being organised by David Bowie Glamour Fanzine and Liverpool Music Festival producer Sound City fans will be able to get their hands on limited edition prints memorabilia and rare releases via the Duffy Archive headed up by music and fashion photographer Brian Duffy who took that iconic photo of Bowie with the lightning bolt across his face uh, mm. for the Aladdin Sane album so I'll put a link to that in the show notes um, so you can click on that if you're interested if any Bowie fans are there. Boy from the, Liverpool. No, he's London, why, I'm sure. So why is it in Liverpool then? Just I think he's... Liverpool are just good at that kind of rock yeah. rockabilia, if you want to call it mm. that. Um and yeah, there was a little bit of other Bowie news in that Rob Delaney is joining the cast of a new TV show called The Man Who Fell to Earth. It's a reboot of, of Bowie's The Man Who Fell to Earth. Oh. It was a classic sci-fi movie. Um 
from what based on Walter Tevis's 1963 uh, novel. Uh, yeah, so that's coming. There's lots of uh, boy stuff on the horizon. And also, just to check out, Diana Ross is back. She's got a new single. Very 70s, very like her original sort of uh, big disco numbers. It's called Thank You. So if you're looking for something to dance around your kitchen to this weekend, that may well be it. Perfect please. for Pride Month. You know, exactly. And please, the yeah. grannies as well as the kids. You know, there you go. <laughs> so that's it from us this week. We're kind of frantically going through this year because the internet keeps dropping because everybody's logging on um, to go to work and we will never, ever record the podcast at this hour of the day again. <laughs> Between the snot and the tears and the internet problems, it's like a regular weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, if, if it's a bit choppy, uh, I'm sure yeah. Kelly will work her amazing editing skills, but just in case, oh, it, um, it hasn't been a smooth day and a half. Yeah, so um, weekend coming. Yeah, I've got a double 40th birthday on Saturday. Happy birthday, Catherine. Happy birthday, Miriam. Really looking forward to that. And yeah, we'll be... Um, just organizing, trying to organize our lives, and yeah, it's, yeah. And uh, your wonderful sister coming to stay. Looking you forward know? to this also. Yes, <laughs> looking forward to that also. God, it's it's just nice to be able to do some um, normal things and not be like covert about everything. <laughs> it's Absolutely, terrible. yeah, it's true. Yeah. So there you go. We'll be back again next week, peeps, with Fox Force Five. Remember to tell your friends and family about it. Subscribe whatever you like this week's a bit shorter because of our internet difficulties sorry about that but we will look forward to joining you again next week thanks everybody have a lovely week thank you love you bye